1: Kim is the author of the book Victorious Heart, which details her handling of grief over the loss of her 17 year old daughter. It also provides insightful advice for those seeking to support and help those who grieve. She's raised six children, residing with her husband, Larry, in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Kim is the CFO of Peacock Engineering, which is a cemetery construction company that specializes in cemetery improvement and expansion. Through her blog, Wild Victorious Heart, and her book and speaking, Kim acts as a grief mentor to others in need. She enjoys spending time with her several grandchildren, gardening, and playing with the animals on her mini farm. I am really looking forward to letting you hear our conversation, so here it is. Well, hi Kim. I am so glad to have you join me today. We have never met formally, but I do feel like we're kindred spirits after reading your book, Victorious Heart. And there are so many directions we could go today. But first of all, just thank you for joining me.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. And I agree, I feel like we're kindred spirits already, even though we haven't met face to face.
1: Yeah. And we were driving through Tennessee on our way back to Wisconsin. And I tried to contact you because it was like, I found out, I found your book and it was like, ah, she's in Tennessee. Maybe we can meet up. And we had like a two day window and it just didn't work for either one of us. So
0: (laughs) maybe next time
1: I was going to say, I have a feeling we'll make it happen. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Today, we're going to try to stick to the topic because, like I said, I, after reading your book, there are just so many things that we could talk about. But I want to try to stick to the topic of when it seems like no one cares anymore about our child who's no longer here. And that's going to include some of the typical things that go on during this time of year that can be triggers for us, like graduation parties. Mother's Day. Now we're recording this. Mother's Day is coming up. When people hear this, Mother's Day will have just passed, which means the listeners can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> Mother's Day is over for another year. But before we dig in, Kim, would you please share Nicole with us and how you lost her from this earth? Tell us your and her story, please.
0: Okay. And I agree. Such a sensitive time of year. And so it's it's a raw time. And we have um, a blended family we're kind of a unique blend of all kinds of my husband had a daughter from his previous marriage i had nicole from my previous marriage and we had a daughter megan biologically she's our only biological daughter Um, and then we had at the time of nicole's passing we had a son from russia And so that was the extent of our family. And we, and Nicole was our oldest, and we were on a family vacation at Pismo Beach, uh, California. It's really a fun place to like camp on the beach. And then you can take uh, off-roading things, you know, quads or ATCs, motorcycles out on the sand dunes. And we were out enjoying the sand dunes um, as a family, the sunshine. It was just one of those beautiful days. That you just want to kind of take a snapshot and remember the sunshine and the laughter and the fun. But in an instant, everything changed for us. We were watching everyone ride around, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a three wheeler ride off at a, a high rate of speed off of a sand dune and head straight towards the bottom. It took me a few seconds to realize that that was our daughter, Nicole. And time seemed to stop as I watched her fall. And land at the bottom Mm -hmm. um, with the ATC on top of her. Mm -hmm. My husband and his dad got to her first. I was quite a ways away. And they pulled her helmet off. And I don't remember a ton about that day because Mm -hmm. of just the trauma of it. But I do remember my husband holding Nicole in his arms. And she was unresponsive. Mm -hmm. And I can remember the look on his face. And just the terror that we all were trying to absorb So they ended up putting Nicole in the back of the truck and he began doing CPR on her because we were so far away from the beach and the ambulance couldn't get out to us. So they had to take Nicole in the truck up to the beach to meet the paramedics and snapshots of that day of getting to the beach and the paramedics working on her, getting her in the ambulance, getting her to the hospital. Those are all things that are um. Just hard for me to remember and hard for Mm -hmm. me to take in, but it's one of those things that I have to remember because I believe God was with us through each one of those horrible traumatic steps. I believe there were angels surrounding us through each Mm -hmm. one of those steps. We eventually did get her to the hospital and um, they ushered us into the waiting room. And as we were waiting, we gathered around as a family, just praying and um, the doctor came in. And very bluntly said, basically, she died at the beach. Mm. And to hear those words, they were like wow. daggers that kind of hung in the air. And then they just started falling into my heart mm. because that was the worst thing that I could ever imagine happening. Right. right. And, you know, as a parent, you know, as well, it's one of those things that we feel like we're not going to survive. Mm-hmm. And. After that, we had to proceed taking those hard steps to figure out how to put our lives back together and how to to put our family on solid ground because it was, it was as if we were all sliding into a pit of despair and just horrible heartbreak.
1: Yeah, and this was a situation where you were all there and you all mm-hmm. saw it and you all saw her in that
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of a state. I, I mean, that's... <laughs> That's like major PTSD for the entire family. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, I can't even imagine that. Now this was like three days after Christmas, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, that puts a damper on Christmas pretty much for the rest of your life. I I, Mm -hmm. I mean, how can it not? I Mm -hmm. mean, you have to make choices and force yourself, but we all know the time leading up to those dates and things. And how old was she?
0: She was 17.
1: Okay. And... When was this?
0: This was in 1998, so it was it it was in years' time, a long time ago. But honestly, it feels like yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, you know, for us, uh, it's such a strange uh, paradox because it's so far away, yes. but yet it's so near always. And like you said, Christmas uh, it has changed the dynamic of our family and changed in and actually now all these years later it's, we can see beautiful things coming from those, from those hard days. You know, you feel like you're this broken pile of mess that you're Mm -hmm. never going to, like, how are we ever going to have Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Christmas, birthdays? How are you going to ever be able to even walk through those days? But now in hindsight, I can see where God has put those, those broken pieces together. Mm -hmm and there's beauty, there is beauty, and there's healing in it, at the time, you feel like there's never going to be healing. Right. But there is.
1: Now, I'm, I'm not a math person, but in my head, so it, it'll be 25 years this year. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness, that just, (laughs) that brings me to tears. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, I really, and, and I appreciate that. I mean, you definitely understand that, because at the time, I remember looking at people who had lost children, maybe five years, 10 years. And I remember thinking, okay, if they can do this, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I can do this. But I couldn't imagine, you know, at the time I was in my forties and I are close to 40 and I can't, I couldn't imagine living another 40 years thinking, okay, maybe, you know, you're going to live to 80. I thought there is no way, there is no way that I can do that. And now I look back and I marvel that There is a way and Mm that, and I mean, really, that's an important thing for anyone listening to this, whatever stage that they're in, that they understand you are going to make it. You're going to, you're going to not only, I believe in most cases, not only survive, but God is going to bring beauty in your pain. Mm -hmm. And that's important to realize because it does not feel, no, you know, all these years later. Absolutely
1: impossible.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, you don't
1: even think you're going to get out of the darkness, much less Mm -mm. God. It's like, how is it even possible for God to bring beauty from something this horrible? Mm -hmm. And I I remember a lot of my listeners already know this, but I remember that was one of those turning points for me. I talk a lot about perspective and how God has so graciously in this journey done things to change my perspective, to help me get through it and to help me get to that place where life has meaning and purpose again because that was one of those things i would think about being without becca for a year or 5 years or 10 years or 20 years and it was like panic attacks like i couldn't even hardly breathe i just it just paralyzed me mm-hmm. and one time god spoke to my heart and said laura you are not getting further and further away from becca every day you're getting closer to seeing I love her that. again and, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard other parents talk about that since then, but God spoke that directly to my heart. And that was a perspective change for me. If I can, instead of seeing myself getting further and further away from her every day, I'm getting closer to seeing her again. I'm getting closer to her, not mm-hmm. further away from her. So
0: I that's love that.
1: One of those things.
0: That's, that's really beautiful. And when I read, or I heard you say it, or I read it, From you, I thought that is such a beautiful, eternal perspective. Yes. Because scripture talks about how in Corinthians talks about how we don't look to what we see because what we Mm. see is temporary, but what we don't see is the eternal, all of that stuff. There's so much more, but being able to shift that perspective. I love that, that you say that because it really is, it's, it's part of the healing and the The process that God uses to bring that beauty.
1: Right. And when we talk about healing, we're not talking about, you've already said we stay broken. Yes. (laughs) We stay broken. So when we talk about healing, we're talking about getting to the point where you can you can function again and Mm -hmm. getting to the point where you can, you know get beyond just functioning where life can actually become good again and Mm -hmm. so you know just to clarify you know if anybody it's like healing whatever (laughs) no we're not talking about that kind of a healing Mm -hmm. so now as kim and i talk i am going to be asking her some questions that may seem to have obvious answers. And I, you know, I'll say it drives me nuts when I hear like a reporter asking a question. It's kind of like, what does it feel like to win the Super Bowl? It's like, duh, what a stupid question. (laughs) (laughs) But I really think it's important for us to hear Kim say things that we all feel and think, because some of you need that validation and you need to know that it's okay and even normal to feel and think these things, especially when the people around you don't understand it at all. And they try to tell you that there's something wrong with you
0: for mm-hmm. feeling
1: that way or thinking that way or still struggling or whatever. So, Kim, let me ask you: Do you remember what it was like to feel like the world was going on and yours had come to a screeching halt?
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great question, and and I know it does feel like a no brainer, but it is so important. Just to piggyback on what you said, that people understand that they this is these are normal feelings. Yes, and I remember thinking. Even as far as just the going to the grocery store, I could see people moving along, laughing, going about their daily work. And it just felt so strange because I thought, wait, don't you understand? My world has changed. Mm-hmm. My world is never going to be the same. So even just in the simple things of people moving on, it felt it felt absurd to me. Mm -hmm. But then even to move on a little bit further, Nicole was a senior when she went to heaven, a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. So that was the year her friends graduated high school. And I remember the following May after she went to heaven, it was her birthday month because May is her birthday Mm -hmm. month and all of her peers were graduating. And Mm -hmm. it just, they were all gracious and wonderful to me, but it still felt wrong To see everyone else, they were graduating, eventually getting married, different things. Those things just felt like it couldn't even happen. Like, how could the world go on when Nicole was not with us anymore? Yeah, Because my world felt like it stopped.
1: Yes. I want to go into that a little bit more. But a couple of things you said just made me think of a couple of things for me. I just, I remember sometimes you know, you get into those places publicly where you don't want to go for a long time. And then eventually you do, and there's a trigger, you know, it could be something that you go to reach for, to buy for your child. And now it's all of a sudden you realize I, I, I'm not, I don't need to put that in my cart. And it's like, you just fall apart and you have to decide, do I walk through the store crying? Do do I, do I just leave the cart here and walk out and let the ice cream melt in the cart and hope a worker finds it? Mm -hmm. And and I remember thinking, how come there aren't more people crying in the store?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because we know grief, we know sorrow is and loss. Um, And that also makes you kind of think when you, when we go to the store now to be more cognizant of. Mm -hmm. other people of what pain we do not know what someone else might be struggling with in the store or in you know in the in traffic or Mm -hmm. whatever the drive-through line you know whatever those things are we don't know what people are struggling with because that's how it feels I can't tell you even like buying Nicole's favorite food or Mm -hmm. a song would come Mm -hmm, on you know on the, you know, on the speaker at the grocery store, or, you know, any of those things are for me, a
1: trigger was hearing a wheelchair, because in the last couple of years, Becca would shop in a wheelchair cart,
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: of of her one leg and and her heart issues. And so Mm -hmm. just hearing a wheelchair cart would just Mm -hmm. I'd freeze.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those, those things, our bodies are, you know, we're whole people. God created us as a whole people using all of our senses and the senses are a beautiful thing, but also those senses open up to our hearts and the the struggles and the sorrow. And, and like you said, even the PTSD, something as simple as the, the squeak, Mm -hmm. that sound coming to your to your ear can just take you right back to them, those moments.
1: Yeah. And those are very
0: real things that our bodies experience, our emotions experience.
1: Yes. Yes. And I remember that was another thing that was that God used to give me a change in my perspective was the whole thing about seeing everybody go on with life. I was sitting at a stoplight. I just, I remember that moment And people were walking on the sidewalk and the traffic, you know, was going past. that had the green light. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here thinking everybody's acting like life is normal. (laughs) And it's not. And then I realized, I wonder how many people of these have faced, I mean, maybe even the death of their own child. Right. And their life looks normal now. So maybe it is Mm -hmm. possible
0: hmm. Yeah. And that is a really good point to be able to look because grief is kind of isolating. Yes. And at you can feel like you are the only one feeling that. And that's a great point, because we are connected. And there are so many people that uh, struggle with, you know, loss, maybe they lost their child, maybe they lost a spouse or a parent. And those things they're walking through and to us, they might look like, oh, they're just normal. Everything's mm-hmm. okay. But we don't know what they're struggling with. Right. So that's important to know we, we don't are not know alone. it took them
1: 10 years to be able to laugh like you see them laughing right now.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. Because those kind of things to laugh, to be even to be able to smile, to listen to music. Those are milestones for someone in sorrow. Yes. To yes. be able to, you know, e- even get out of bed is mm-hmm. a milestone, but we may we may not see that uh, in their public journey.
1: Right. Exactly. Good point. Now, I know that many of our listeners lost a child who was in high school. And like you just mentioned, they hit graduation season when that loss is still extremely deep and raw and you said Nicole died in her senior year now if I remember right in the book did you say that her senior picture showed up after she died
0: Uh, not her senior picture but her cap and gown oh that's what it was yeah and the school we were involved in was so gracious to us we were blessed to have it was a small school but they decided to honor Nicole at graduation and that was beautiful but it was very difficult so we went to what would be her graduation and the school put her cap and gown on a chair so mm-hmm. we had a visual of where Nicole would be it was it was such Did you a cry one- the
1: whole thing or oh you- I was
0: a mess I almost turned around several times I, and not- I
1: cried through my granddaughter's graduation which was Becca's daughter and we were watching yeah. it on zoom and it was like I can't imagine yeah you know I was that was the child of my child. I can't imagine missing mm-hmm. out on. Wow.
0: Yeah, it was it was a strange sensation. And again, everyone was gracious to us. But I almost felt sorry for them towards the end as everybody was hugging and getting ready to go to parties and different things. And I could see the tension in their hearts. They were celebrating their child, but mourning our child. And it was um, it was mm. something that was difficult. I'm very glad that we went, but I really felt like I was not going to be able to stay through the whole thing. Um, Graciously, the Lord just put his hand on us and covered us, but it it was, it was difficult. And then graduations after that, when her, when Nicole's sister, Lisa graduated high school, Mm -hmm. just a year later, same auditorium, same, you know, same school, you know, and then her peers after that it's a it's a hard thing and that and that is part of the problem or it's it's not a problem but it's just the reality of this time of year because you will be getting graduation announcements especially if it was a high schooler if your child was a high schooler when they went to heaven you might be getting you know graduation announcements or seeing things on social media or it could be the
1: opposite it could be you're not getting any
0: that's because true. People
1: don't want to send them to you because they don't want to hurt you.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that is really a good, that's a good point too, because people don't know what to do. Right. And so they almost feel like if I send these, it's going to cause more pain. But then if they don't send them, you feel more isolated. It's such a difficult, there is no right or wrong answer. That Um, is
1: exactly right.
0: Yeah, I do. I am thankful, even though they were painful, I'm thankful for those people who were still brave enough to send us things. They would usually write a note, you know, thinking of Nicole, you Mm. know, sending us those kind of things. I do appreciate the invitations despite the pain. Now I might be that, that might just be me. Other people may not react, but I needed to feel like, okay, I'm not alone in this world. Mm -hmm. And because again, grief is so sorrow is so isolating.
1: Yeah. And I know in your book, you said, I couldn't imagine attending, but I couldn't stand the thought of not attending.
0: Yes. And so
1: I think anyone who's listening, who find yourself in that place, whatever you decide for you is the right decision for you.
0: And then I think you
1: have to try not to regret it down the road. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I I think either way you could beat yourself up for feeling like you made the wrong decision at that moment, but it was Mm -hmm. the right decision for you at that moment.
0: Very, very true. Because Everybody is individual. And not only are we completely individual as humans, but even every day, every moment, like you said, you made the right decision for you in that moment. Mm-hmm. And and I would agree with you. I would encourage anyone, don't regret, don't regret if you don't go and don't feel bad if you do go and you need to leave, you right. do whatever you need to do, because this is it's all there is no right or wrong in the grief journey. Grief grief is such a messy, um, complicated process that we are all just going through it the best we can. And that, and that's okay.
1: Right. And a lot, especially at the beginning, you're just in survival mode.
0: Yes. And it
1: doesn't matter if other people understand it or not. Mm -hmm. And that's one reason why, you know, Kim has written her book. I've written my books. I do this podcast so that you can hear from those of us who have been there and we understand, we Mm -hmm. get it. And mm-hmm. so it's okay, even if other mm-hmm. people around you don't understand, we get mm-hmm. it. And, yes. and we're behind you, whatever that decision is. Yes. And it's going to be a painful time, no matter when our child died, e- whether it was in their senior year, or I think of those who have lost younger children. And it's mm-hmm. it's every milestone along the way. And that includes, you know, high school graduation. When they hit that point, it's going mm-hmm. to be hard. It may not be quite as raw as someone like you who lost your daughter in that senior year, but it's still going to be hard
0: it is. it's it's this thing. And I feel like at least I got to experience Nicole those years, you know, those seventeen years, maybe someone who lost a child or a baby. they may be grieving what they didn't get to experience. But you cannot compare grief. Right. And I think that's one thing that. People need to understand you cannot compare grief and you cannot put expectations on a grieving person by saying, well, aren't you over this? Or you should be able to, or Mm -hmm. you should this, you do not know what that person's going through. And like you said, it, it's just, it could be just survival just for them getting out of bed, just for them, even being able to eventually go back to work or whatever their lives look like. Those are conquering steps for them.
1: Yes, yes. And I I just had the thought while you were talking, like parents who lost their child, maybe in kindergarten or something, and now their child has been gone all these years, 12 years, and there is no cap and gown for them. There is no empty chair for them. So that can be even more devastating because Mm -hmm. you feel like people are forgetting my child, my child Mm -hmm. should be graduating, and it's not being recognized. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I just want to say our hearts are with you, you know, if that's you this year, our hearts are with you, you know, we'll miss your child with you. We understand, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we get it. So let's move forward just a little bit. I have something from your book, you said, I found embracing each passing, graduation, wedding, and birth doesn't have to take away from Nicole's memory. So, you know, we've been hitting on graduation, but you also touched on, you know, weddings, those kinds of things. So what did you mean by that, that these things don't have to take away from Nicole's memory?
0: I learned that I could celebrate with Nicole's peers, but also miss Nicole and celebrate the days that I had with her. So it can be both. I think... Sometimes you feel like if you move on to going to graduations or weddings, you feel like you're leaving your child or your loved one behind. Right. Like, oh, like I'm forgetting them, but you can do both. Uh, there was a, this is just a an example. One of Nicole's very good friends, Mandy got married and that was a hard one to go to. And Mandy's mom struggled with inviting us to the wedding mm. uh, because she, she didn't want, just like you talked about, she didn't want to hurt us, but she sure didn't want to leave us out because mm-hmm. Nicole and Mandy were, you know, two peas in a pod growing up. So Nicole would have been in that wedding. Mm-hmm. And so her mom graciously invited us, but also expressed that communication. I am so sorry. I want you to come, but you have no pressure. She wanted to make sure. That's so wonderful. it was beautiful. And it was outside, which for me is so freeing because I love to be outside. So the wedding was outside. And I remember going and just I I ended up having to go by myself. I can't remember why my husband wasn't able to go. I think he was out of town at work. But I went by myself and I sat on the aisle and I remember thinking, "Okay, you can do this. Hmm. You can do this. Almost as if Nicole and I and I don't believe Nicole speaks to me directly but her spirit uh her the way she lived her life Mm -hmm, I'll say it that way speaks to me Mm -hmm. because Nicole would do whatever she could to help someone else feel good she would be there so I remember kind of sitting there thinking about that and then picturing okay if Nicole were here she would be in this wedding and kind of picturing you know I knew what the girl's dresses looked like and kind of picturing that and I believe the Lord sent me a butterfly because butterflies Mm. are kind of because of the beautiful metamorphosis uh, that happens. A butterfly literally flew up the aisle and it had the wedding hadn't started yet, but it came flittering up the aisle towards the front. And I, that's was so wonderful because I felt like the Lord was sending me. You talked about perspective. Remember perspective. Nicole is more alive than you are. Mm And she may not be here physically, mm-hmm. but I am honoring her memory with that beautiful yes. butterfly. And Nicole's life impacted those people there. Mm-hmm. So I could celebrate her. I could remember her and honor her memory while still celebrating Mandy. And it was one of those visuals. The Lord is so good to me because mm-hmm. I I do tend to think in pictures. And yes. he sent that to me. So I think we can do both. And it's not... All, all of a sudden, all at once, but there will be moments that will just kind of uh, propel you into that with clarity, into right. maybe, okay, this I can celebrate, having that eternal perspective,
1: right? And I really appreciate how you did not believe that was Nicole, <laughs> yes. as that butterfly. Yes. It was a kiss from God, I believe, 100%. sending that butterfly, you know, down that path for you, just from yeah. a kiss from Him, saying, mm-hmm. "I know, I understand," and you know, she is with you in your heart and with everyone here. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, you know, I think of the fact that we're spirit beings, God is a spirit. Our children are now fully spirit. Mm-hmm. So we are still connected spirit to spirit mm-hmm. to our children through mm-hmm. God's spirit. So, yes. Yeah. 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 And I, I like to tell bereavers when those bittersweet moments come to acknowledge the bitter, but do your best to lean into the
0: sweet. The, oh, that's perfectly said. That's beautiful because the, because we think as humans we think it's either or. We think joy or sorrow, bitter or sweet, Mm
1: -hmm. but they
0: are, they walk alongside. Yeah. They have to coexist. And that's what brings depth to our lives. That's also what brings beauty back to our lives, especially during this tender season of mother's day graduations, all of the, a lot of weddings are in may. Yes, It really, those are the things we can, we can have it both Mm -hmm. beauty and sorrow, joy and sorrow.
1: Yeah. So it's learning to look at the positives and the blessings that help us to embrace the blessings that come with the changes that are mm-hmm. going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. the good and the bad changes that bring the, the joy and the sorrow, like you said. Mm-hmm. You and I have experienced so many of the same things. We've had younger children that have passed their sisters forever age. That's rough. Yes. Daughters knowing that they were going to get married without their sister who would have been their maid of honor the death of a parent that intensified or triggered the grief of missing our child. Mm -hmm. I know I wailed at my dad's casket. Like Mm -hmm. I did not wail at Becca's casket. (laughs) Yeah, It was just crazy. Knowing that our daughters are missing out on being an aunt. Mm -hmm. Now I have, this is another perspective thing. God gave me is Becca got to know one niece before she passed. And since then there have been what four nieces and two nephews now. And, you know, just the thought of that's another one of those bittersweet things. Becca will never be holding them. She'll never be able to be their aunt. They'll not not know their aunt, Becca. But then I also have two or three grandchildren in heaven that were never born. They were
0: a Mm -hmm. pregnancy
1: loss. And the Lord reminded me But Becca has nieces or nephews in heaven that you've never met. Oh. It was like, whoa. <laughs>
0: wow, that is awesome. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I mean, that was just one of those perspective things. Mm-hmm. I know when you talked about this in your, in your book, you said, I had to push the thoughts of what could have been out of my mind so I could open myself up to the wonderful season of new life in our family. So we can't let the grief of what's missing and who's missing and what they are going to miss outweigh the beauty and the miracle of life and, and the continuing seasons of change. Can we?
0: Mm -mm. That's, that's for sure. Because if we're holding too tight and our eyes are always backward, then we're, it, it almost compounds our grief. It compounds the loss because we're not only losing what we had before, but we're losing today. And, um, Mm. Yes, the Lord definitely doesn't want that for us. But I don't believe our loved ones. You know, I think our kids would be Becca and Nicole would be like, Mom, stop. Yeah, we're here. Okay. We're, it's OK. Keep going. You know, those kind of things.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I think so, too. Now, May is your most difficult month, along with December, obviously, birthdays, mm-hmm. Mother's Day. You know, you've mentioned some of these things. Is there anything specific that you can share with us? that you have done to help yourself get through those difficult days, maybe especially when those around you don't want to acknowledge those, or, you know, for you, it's been so long, people don't remember those days. They don't even think about that. This must be hard on you. How do you get through some of those?
0: Uh, May is, is probably the, is one of the most difficult because um, again, mother's day, Nicole's birthday, um, I lost my own mom in May on uh, May eleventh. And mm. so those may is I kind of think about it as um, the grieving month. But mm. one of on the opposite side of that, we're blessed because May is when it's spring and it's yes. you know new life is coming out. Mm. You know, you can see it visually outside. And those kind of things really help me during this month to be outside to plant plants to have my hands in the dirt to go for walks i think those kind of things are really important if if we're able to get outside and do those kind of things because it kind of opens our perspective so i think for me especially being outside now december is harder because it is christmas And it's cold and you don't go out as side as much. But I think there's also things that we can do during the cold months or the hard months like that to help. One of those things is looking outside ourselves, especially as time has passed. Maybe go visit somebody that is struggling, Uh, do something in your child's. Okay, what would my child want me to do if they were here? You know, how can I help that person? Mm-hmm. Those kind of things really help me because what if we're looking outside of our pain, then we can't look too much inside of our hearts. You know, we don't get stuck inside of the pain. Right. So those kind of things, it's to be able to and make sure we listen and um, watch things that are good for our spirits. Right. There's so much negativity, negativity yes. out there. We have to be really careful, especially when we're in you know, it's kind of like when you're sick, you want to eat healthy things, you want to make mm-hmm. sure you're, you know, you're not eating a lot of junk food, our spirits are the same. So when our spirits are, are kind of struggling, it's important to, you know, put on music that's edifying, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, positive, listen to podcasts or books that are going to bring you up, right? Those kind of things are really, really important. Not so- things that'll
1: make you feel more hopeless than you already feel.
0: Right. Because there's plenty of that. And those things do tend to scream louder than the positive. Mm -hmm. So some so I think it's very, very important. Get outside. It's easy to
1: gravitate towards those darker things. When we feel that darkness, it's like a magnet that just pulls us to more darkness. And that's mm -hmm. dangerous.
0: It is is dangerous. And that's 100% correct. We do tend to draw if we're falling into the pit, we we almost want to grab those rocks that will pull us into the pit even further. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you fight that and that you that we continue to go, no, we're not going to give into that. We're going to, yes, acknowledge our pain, acknowledge that this hurts, acknowledge the bitter, like you said, but also go, okay, now I'm going to go and grab the sweet because there's always something to be grateful for. There's always something to look outside of ourselves and go, okay, there's beauty out here to have that eternal perspective. So I do, I think those are really important. If you can get outside, listen to good things, watch good things, make sure that we're careful with our spirits.
1: Yes. Yeah. What we're feeding our souls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said about the spring, getting outside and reminding ourselves of the new life that comes in every year, because Mm -hmm. I, I think it almost seems like there are some things that you know, before you lose a child, but then after you lose a child, things take on a whole new meaning in, in yes. some ways. And like the whole spring always follows winter. Spring mm-hmm. always follows the deadness of winter. There is mm-hmm. always new life. Some years it may take longer <laughs> to come in and to see it. Mm-hmm. But I think it is, you're, I, I like what you said about in the spring, especially if May is a hard month for you. Get outside and acknowledge the new life that's happening all around you. Mm-hmm. And it's it doesn't mean that this year you're going to come out of that dark pit and you know walk like Kim and I are. I mean, it's taken us years to get to mm-hmm. where we are. But just that reminder that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. God is faithful, and He will bring life. From death, and I'm talking about our own death because we feel like we died when our child died, Mm -hmm. and he will bring us back to life, just like we can visually see spring coming. Spring will come back into your life at some point.
0: Mm -hmm. So, and what you said is such a is so true that we have we do have to shift our eyes to see the spring, to look for spring, because grief makes us feel like we're in this perpetual winter, Mm -hmm. but. But if we don't embrace the spring, which means looking out to that new life that God has for us and being able to acknowledge, okay, you said spring always comes after winter and it does. And, and the seasons of our life, there will be a spring in our, in our souls. Mm -hmm. It may not feel, you may just get a little leaf. You may just get a little tiny bloom this year and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And look at that Grab that, whatever that looks like for you. I think that that's important to just allow your eyes to look upward and outward.
1: Yes, yes. Well, Kim, I want to wrap this up by talking about a scripture that God has spoken to both of us about, which is Ephesians 520 that says that God can do abundantly more than we could even imagine. And I know kind of like we've been talking, we can't imagine getting out of this suffocating darkness when our child dies. We cannot imagine surviving it, much less living for another 10, 20, 30, 40 years again and having a fulfilling life. But God can. God can mm. imagine that. God can see it. God, you know, he can see what we can't see. He can imagine what we can't imagine. It was funny when I was reading your book, you talked about Kintsugi, yes. I think is how you say yes. it. And I've written about this a few times. It's in my, my new book, Reflections of Hope. And I even talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and then I read it about how you shared about it in your book. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like kindred spirit here.
0: (laughs) Yes, for sure.
1: It doesn't mean that our life is great with no more grief. Well, first of all, let's explain what the kintsugi is. It's Japanese, you know, something has been shattered, some vase, a cup, something, and they put the pieces back together and they glue it and they put in this gold, or silver, or platinum, like a filigree, or a dusting, and that becomes the cracks, and it becomes a work of beauty. Mm-hmm. So yes. this shattered thing becomes valuable and beautiful because of how it's been put back together, and that's mm-hmm. what gives it the beauty, is how it was put back together. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add to that?
0: Oh, it's it's such a, I think Kintsuki is such a awesome example of God's healing work in our lives. And just like you explained it, you know, your eyes then are drawn to the broken parts Mm -hmm. instead of the, the, a whole piece and the whole piece, the brokenness is accentuated. And that's how God's God's work in us is accentuated when your eyes are drawn to that. And the piece actually becomes stronger Yes. than it was before it was broken. Mm-hmm. So I think it's such a wonderful and example. And there's a beauty
1: there that wasn't there before.
0: Yes. Yes. It's one of those wonderful examples of how you you see just kind of a plain, you know, vase before, but then when you see it with kunzuki, it's like, oh my goodness, you can see all of the cracks, all of these things that that actually bring out the beauty in the piece. Yes. So I love that.
1: Mm -hmm. It's like it draws your eyes to the brokenness and the beauty of the brokenness. It's so true. (laughs) It does. So if you haven't seen it, look it up. It's K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I. So look up, look up, Google it, whatever, and Mm -hmm. find some pictures of it to see what we're talking about. Now, it's interesting. I was talking about this yesterday with someone. A lot of times we feel like it's our pain that keeps us attached to our child but it's not, it's our love that keeps us connected to them. So that means that the pain is still there. So it's kind of like this Kintsugi, we're always going to have that undercurrent of pain or the cracks underneath the gold or the love, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. It becomes a part of us and it's it is always there. And like you talked about a little while ago, where when we think of healing, we think of being back to the way we were before. But grief does something different in us. It it does bring a clarity, and it brings a beauty, like the kanzuki, where we are not going to be the way we be we were before because now the. The, our cracks, our pain, it becomes a part of us, mm-hmm. but it it just adds another layer or dimension to our lives here. It adds a deeper meaning to and a connection to our lives here, to a connection to eternity, really. Yes,
1: definitely. Definitely. Well, it is time to end our talk. <laughs> I knew we'd go away. Yeah. So before we do, can you tell us about your book, Kim Victorious Heart? finding hope and healing after a devastating
0: loss. This book is born out of not just our story, but I really had a passion to let other grievers, perievers like you Mm -hmm. call them, which Mm -hmm. is a wonderful term to just know that they're not alone. You are not alone in your grief and you are going to make it. And I think that that's really important for us to each realize as we're walking through sorrow It's, um, it's just basically a guidebook, not that everyone grieves the same, because we all grieve differently. But it's things that helped our family. It's also got helpful hints for people who are walking alongside you in grief. Yes. To things that people did for us that were really helpful, and um, helped us along through that, that grief. And um, you can get it on my website. There's a link on my website, wildvictoriousheart.com. It's also available on Amazon or wherever books are sold.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, how did you come up with that title? Oh, I I'm know, so but glad you, you got to share that. You got to share <laughs> oh, that.
0: I'm so glad you asked that. Um, a few weeks after Nicole went to heaven, a friend of mine gave us a bookmark with Nicole's name on it, and uh, the meaning and the meaning of her name. And the meaning of her name is victorious heart. And so later, I thought, you know, what a perfect phrase to describe our girl. She lived with a victorious heart. And so the Lord planted a little seed in me. To, go, to help me to get through life, to be victorious, and to have a victorious heart. So it was one of those things I felt like this is the perfect name because we can survive grief with a victorious heart. Yes. So that's where that name came from.
1: Yeah, and it, it's helpful when, I mean, Christians who have never lost a child will tell us that, and you just blow that off. You have no idea what you're talking about. But when someone who's been without their child for almost 12 years and you know 25 years can say that you can absorb that
0: mm-hmm. you know you
1: may not feel like it right now but you can and you will have a victorious heart at some point you will get there and i i highly recommend this book guys i'll say it's one of the best books i'd say i'd put it in the top 5 that I oh, have thank read you. for parents who've lost a child. It is really good. And we just happen to have the same publisher, <laughs> <Yes>. Martin James. <laughs> so yes. uh, which is actually how I came across you because they send out emails of the new books that come out and I saw yours and wrote is like, oh, I've got to read yes. this one, gotta get a hold of yes. her. And so, Kim, so you said they can find the book on your website. Can you tell us what that is? How can people connect with you?
0: Sure. Um, it's wildvictoriousheart.com. And I have a blog and different links on there. There is uh, a link to get the book and also you can get it on Amazon as well. And you can contact me on through my website as well. I try to get back and respond fairly quickly to anyone who, you know, if you have questions or any comments you need, you know, you you just feel like you need encouragement or help, Mm -hmm. please reach out.
1: Yeah. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So Kim, do you have any last thoughts that you want to share with us?
0: I just want to say this month of May is hard and that's, that's okay. And we may just feel like we want to just crawl under a rock during this month, but I just encourage you to know that you're going to make it through the month of May and to be able to walk through these, through these hard days, like mother's day, weddings, graduation, you're going to make it. And regarding Mother's Day, you're still a mama. If yes. your baby's not with you, whatever age, you're still a mama to that, to that child, to that person. And you always will be.
1: Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me. It was just wonderful to visit with you.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the listeners will be anxious to have you back on to talk about some other important topics. So we'll look forward to that. Thank you. If you're like me, I could just talk to and glean from Kim for much longer than the time we had here today, and I am really looking forward to having her back on to discuss more topics. Okay, there have been some issues with my new book, Reflections of Hope, that I want to mention. Now, I was not planning to talk about my book again this week, but I feel like I can reach more of you here about what's going on than anywhere else with this book. So as of my recording of this, we have taken Amazon off of our web page as a place to purchase this book. Amazon has not even completed the shipment of the books that were pre-ordered, and not only are they out of stock, but they are not even showing it as out of stock, and they're not even allowing anyone to order the book right now. I called Amazon to talk to someone about this, and no one give me any answers, including if they have even placed an order from the publisher, from the printer, to have them in stock again at some point. Now Dave ordered from our printer, and within 24 hours they were printing a book to send it out. So I am not sure why Amazon is not carrying my book. They show it, they're not allowing people to order it, and no one will even tell me if they are going to restock it and when, if they are, if they have anything ordered. So anyway, if you're one of them that has pre-ordered the book and not received it from Amazon, I really encourage you to cancel your order there. And you can get it from somewhere like Books a Million, also called BAM. Walmart has it for order. Barnes & Noble And you can get it from us. Dave went ahead and put it on our website. We weren't going to do that because it's a big book and the shipping costs and other things, but he did put it on our website. You can order it from us and we will ship it to you directly from the printer. So those are your choices. Okay. And you know, like I said, that that's as of this recording, Amazon might have it again. I don't know, but just letting you know what's going on with that. It's a bit frustrating. So, what I really wanted to share with you today is just to let you know of something that is in the works for next summer of 2024. At that point, GPS Hope will be 10 years old. It started in our house as a little life group from our church and I had to come up with a name. The, our church that we were attending asked if we would start some sort of a home group for parents who've lost a child and I came up with the name and God gave me GPS Hope, grieving parents sharing hope, thinking it was just for this little group in our house and having no idea that it would grow to be what it is today. So that started 10 years ago And we want to celebrate by having an event here in Wisconsin. It's probably going to be in July or August. I think we're leaning towards August at this point. And it will be a combination of a conference for perivers. If you have come to one of our GPS Hope and Healing retreats, it will be like a reunion. I know a lot of you talk about that. And then we're also going to have a big event on that Saturday night for anyone who has supported this ministry and just wants to celebrate with us. So we're super excited about this. Keep your eyes and ears open for the details for when we get the date set. And uh, I really am hoping to have that in place by the end of this month. Let's go ahead with our birthday segment. Jordan Slusher was born on May 17th and is forever 21. Jason Turner was born on May 20th and is forever thirty-six. As always, we celebrate the day these two came into the world with their families. We know it will always be a special and an important day in their lives. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced, the week of his or her birthday, I would be honored to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out that form, including the pronunciation, please so that I say your child's name correctly if it's a name that sometimes gets mispronounced, the first or the last name, and I will share with our listeners your child's birthday that week. They will also send you an email to remind you to listen to the podcast that week. I know this is such a painful time of year for many of us. Like Kim said, it may not seem like it, and you may not know how, but you will get through it. You still have a life to live, and it can and will have meaning and purpose again, not in spite of your child's death, but because of his or her life, just like the kintsugi we talked about. And I encourage you, look up pictures of this pottery. We had our local share and care group meeting last night, and we talked about this kintsugi. And when we pulled up our smartphones and started looking at pictures, every single person went, wow. So look it up. See the beauty in what is broken and then realize you can have that same beauty for yourself. If you don't have your own hope for that, hold on to our hope for you. And remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.